Good afternoon. Today we'll be studying the 23rd chapter of Hilchot Ishut. And this chapter will deal with different conditions regarding um, uh, privileges that the husband is granted. So, for example, property of the wife. Um, we'll also get into uh, the topic of Nidunya a little bit more. And the last portion of the chapter will deal with providing for a wife's daughter. Hilchot Ishut, Perek of Gimel, Halacha Aleph. If a woman makes a provision with her husband to, in which her husband agrees to forego one of the privileges he is granted. If this provision was written down after um, she was an arusa after they were engaged, but before the nisuin, he does not need to make any type of transaction. Rather, everything that is written um, is binding. However, if it, the condition was written down after the nisuin, um, there must be some type of transaction. For example, a kinyan sudar or any type of uh, um, anything that would formalize the transaction. If the husband stipulated that he will have no say in regards to his wife's property, and then she sells it or gives it away, the sale is binding. However, uh, the husband is entitled to the benefits that accrue from her property during the time it is in her possession. However, if the, um, he affirmed the um, condition between the uh, consecration and the nisu'in, so if he if he did a transaction, um, if he did a transaction regarding that condition that we mentioned, um, while she's in arusa, while she's in arusa, that he it is considered as if he and he, that he does not have any uh, that any rights to her assets. He removed himself totally from the um, from the property and from the benefits that um, the property produces, and totally um, waived his rights in regards to the property and what the property again produces. And additionally, if he protests the transaction and says that he didn't realize that this act of contract and this transaction that he made um, may, basically waived his rights to the property and all the benefits of the property, he only thought that he allowed um, that that condition um, allowed his wife to make the sale. This um, we do not heed his words and his rights are still waived because no one will marry a woman without property. Rather, um, 
he removed himself from any benefits of the land and waived his rights to it. If the husband made a condition with his wife not to receive the benefits from her property, he is not entitled to those benefits. However, if there is benefit that accrues and is converted to um, to something else, so for example, there is a transaction for which the benefits of the land are sold for money, the um, rather, no, if the benefits of the land are sold for land themselves, um, he may get, he may take benefit from the land because he only um, waived his rights for the um, for the benefit of the original asset, not if they were not if they from the benefit of the original asset, not from benefit that was converted into land of the um, original asset. Halakha Dalit. So if the husband, similar to the previous example, made a condition with his wife that he will not um, benefit any benefit that accrues from her property, nor the benefit that results from property purchased with the income from her original property, the proceeds from that property should be used to purchase another property, and that property that was acquired, the husband is entitled to the benefits that results from that property. And those are called pere pere perot. And this um, pattern continues until the husband makes a condition that he does not have the rights to any byproduct of the proceeds from the wife's property. Because if he makes this type of condition, he has no right to any ben benefit during her lifetime, but if she dies, he um, inherits her estate and all the assets that she had. If a husband made a condition that he will not inherit her, he does not, he in fact does not inherit her, but he is entitled to any benefit that um, her property produce. So too, if he made a condition with her that he should um, inherit some of her assets, so too, if he made a condition with her that if she dies without, children, without sons, all of her assets return to her father's house, all of these conditions um, are... Um, they they stand and all these conditions um, are binding. Halachava, 
שהנחלה הבאה לו לאדם שלא ממשפחתו, מתנה עליה שלא יירשנה קודם שתהיה ראויה לו. אבל אם התנה עמה אחר שנישאת, תנאו בטל להירשנה כמו שבארנו. The above applies only if he made this provision and this condition before the nisuin. Because an a man has the ability to forego an inheritance that comes from him, from a source outside of his family, before he acquires the rights to, the rights to it. However, if he did the condition with her after they did the nisuin, the condition is, um, is canceled and not binding, and he inherits her as we, um, as we mentioned in the previous chapters. Um, in Halakha Yod Bet, if anyone wants to look, Perek Yod Bet rather, Halakha Tet. Halakha Zayin. Hitna ima achar nisuin, shelo yu lo din udvarim bin chaseha, velo befere peroteha ad olam, behayeha uvmota, hareze eno ochel perot klal, aval imeta yirashena kemo shebe'arnu. If an individual made a condition with his wife after the Nisu'in that he will not have any say in her assets and waived his rights from them, not from the assets themselves, not from any benefits that the assets produce um, forever, either while she is alive, either while she is dead, he, um, he does not um, take any benefits um, from the land and obviously does not take the land either, because he waived his rights to them. However, if she dies, he does inherit her, um, as in the same way um, that we mentioned in the halachot before. Halacha het. Habal shehotzi hotzaot al nikhseh melo. Ben shehotzi me'at ve'achat perot harbeh, ben shehotzi harbeh ve'achat perot me'at, afilu achal gerogeret achat derch kavod, o she'achal dinar echad afilu shelo derch kavod, ואפילו לא לקח בפירות ממה שהוציא, אלא חבילה אחת של זמורות, מה שהוציא הוציא, ומה שאכל, אכל. As we mentioned before, there are two types of property that the wife um, brings into the marriage. One is נכסה טון ברזל, the other is נכסה מלוג. נכסה מלוג um, is property that the women uh, brings into the marriage, and if it decreases in value, she suffers the loss and the husband isn't obligated to pay the principal, but if it gain increases in value, she um, has the rights to the gain. And that is barzel is property that the um, that the that if um, the price fluctuate, um, the husband is responsible to pay for the fluctuation or to or for the gains that it um, that it had. So in regards to, um, if a husband spent money to improve property um, belonging to his wife that is nikhseh melog, if he spent, whether he spent um, a lot or if he spent, no, sorry, if he spent a little bit and um, gained much benefit from the property or if he spent a lot and only gained a little bit, even if he gained one, um, one dried fig um, in a respectable manner, or if he ate a dinar's worth um, in a haphazard manner, or if he um, didn't, if or if he only, um, 
Mehila, sorry. So if the husband spend money to improve property belonging to his wife that is classified as nichsem elog, whether he spent a small amount and derived a lot of benefit, or if he spent a large amount and derived a little benefit, whatever he spent is what he spent, and the benefit that he enjoyed, he enjoyed. So even if the individual only ate a dried fig in a respectable manner, or if he ate a dinar's worth in um, a casual manner, or if he didn't only took um, twigs um, from the produce and um, a pile, yeah, a pile of twigs or grapevines, whatever he took is um, he took, and whatever he derived benefit from is what he derived benefit from. Halacha tit. Mehila, still in halacha. Het. Vechen im en lo im naflulo kesafim. Vemakum rahok. Vehotia lehen hotza ot achevian o achotian, miyad misha yuetslo. Vilakah ben karka, vehachal perotea kashi or. Masha hotzi hotzi, umasha achal achal. If um, a woman um, received funds, but the funds were in a faraway place, and the husband undertook expenses in order to bring them back, or um, he needed to spend money to take them from the person that was holding them, if the husband purchased um, land with this money and benefited um, ate the measure of fruits that we mentioned in the previous halakha, he is, um, whatever he spent, he spent, and whatever benefit he derived, and whatever he ate, he ate and derived benefit. So this, um, if he um, had, if he made expenses to, um, bring the money, but derive, but derive, but did not derive any benefit, or derive benefit less than what we mentioned, um, which was um, a dried fig in a respectable manner, or a dinar's worth of produce in a in a um, casual manner, or a bunch of twigs. Um, we evaluate the and if so, if he did less than if he derived benefit less than that, or if he did not derive any benefit at all, we evaluate and value. Um, the, however much the property um, uh, gained, and we ask him exactly how much he spent to bring it. If the um, benefit of the property was more than the expenses, he should make a shavuah um, while holding a um, sacred object like a sefer Torah or tefillin um, of exactly how much he spent, and then he can be he is reimbursed for those expenses. However, if the expenses were more than whatever benefit the um, whatever benefit yeah whatever benefit there was in the in the funds in the money that he got, he only receives the amounts of the expenses um and again he must do a shivua as well 
When does the above apply? It applies when a husband divorces his wife. However, in regards to an Isha Moredet, which we mentioned previously, is um, a woman who rebels against her hus husband and denies him uh, relations. Even if he derived a lot of benefit, the benefit that he derived should be evaluated and subtracted from the amount that of the expenses that it cost him to bring the funds back. After he does a shavuah, he may collect because he didn't incur those expenses um, on behalf of his wife so that she would take them and leave them on her own accord. Rather, he assumed that um, they would stay in their possession. So too, in regards to um, if an individual uh, undertook expenses to develop property that belonged to his wife, who is below the age of Bagrut and is a Ketana and um, does Mi'un, and she dissolves the marriage through her right of refusing, the refusing the marriage, as we mentioned in Halakha Dale, the Ketana has the right to do that. We see exactly how much benefit he derived and exactly how much how, how much the expenses he incurred to um, obtain the property and exactly how much it appreciated in value. And we value it um, just as a sharecropper would value um, his crops. Because this can, because, and we do that because um, he had permission to work the wife's property. Now we move to another subject, the subject of Nidunya. Halakha Yod Aleph. There are many, many customs in regards to the Nidunya. Mentioned Nidunya is um, assets that and property that the women um, brings in to the marriage. So there are certain places that the custom in regards to the ketubah is to increase the value by a third, a fifth, or a half. So for example, if the inedunya was 100, the ketubah, in the ketubah it is written that the women brought 150 in order to appear more generous in the eyes to the people, in the eyes of the people. But when she comes to collect the ketubah, she only gets 100. However, on the flip side, there are places that it is customary to write a lesser amount. 
Therefore, if she says that she'll bring utensils worth 100 to um, the marriage, she must bring the value of 120 or 150. And in the Kituvah, it is written that she only um, brought 100. However, there are, um, it is customary that there are um, that there it is customary in some places to write um, that that it, that they simply write the amount. So they write one hundred for property that she brought in um, that was worth one hundred. So too, there are places um, that it is customary for a man to give a certain amount, um, to give a set amount um, according to whatever the nidunya is, in order for the wife to um, adorn herself and to buy herself perfumes. And there are also places that the husband um, would add an additional sum for his wife and add that to the um, nidunya in order for who, her to, um, to enjoy and to appear um, and to appear um, generous. Halachat yod bet. If an individual marries a woman without specifying any conditions, he should write her a kituvah, giving her the amount of money that is customary to be given in that place. So too, if she um, commits to bring um, certain assets to the marriage, she has to bring whatever it is, is customary in that place. So too, when she comes to collect the money of the ketubah, she collects whatever um, but she collects whatever is customary in that locale and whatever is written in the ketubah. And in regards to all of these matters, um, the local minhag is extremely, extremely uh, fundamental and important for us, and we um, and we use that as the basis for our judgment. And this is provided that the custom is um, common and spread throughout that entire locale. If there were two people that had shidduchin between them that were um, betrothed to each other, um, and he, he tells her, um, what is the value of whatever of all the property that you're bringing into the marriage? Um, and she throws out an amount. And then if she says to him, how much are you giving me or writing for me in the kitubah? And he says, um, a certain amount, whatever amount. 
האב שפסק על ידי בנו וביתו, כמה אתה נותן לבנך כך וכך, וכמה אתה נותן לביתך כך וכך. So if, so too if a father um, commits a certain amount for his son or for his daughter, he says how much um, are you giving for your daughter, whatever amount, and how much are you giving for um, my son, and he says an amount. עמדו וקידשו, קנו אותן הדברים, ואף על פי שלא היה ביניהן קניין, if they, um, if they got up and they did the Kiddushin, those words are binding. And even though there was not any type of transaction in regards to this, um, to this, to this type of, even though there wasn't a formal transaction, Eluhen ha-devarim ha-niknin ba-amira. That there are, these are the commitments that are established through speech alone in contrast to most business agreements that must be formalized through a type, type of kinyan or contractual act and a verbal commitment is not sufficient. However, in this case um, of the ketubah and the um, eventual kiddushin, those Um, words and those amounts that were said by either the husband or the wife or their parents are binding and um, despite the fact that they are only done verbally. Halakha tet vav. Bameh devarim amuriyim beshepasak ha'av levito ben ketana uven gedola ufasak ha'av livno uv nisuin rishonin. This applies only when a father does this for his daughter, whether she was a ketana or a gedola, or if the father does it for his son, and only if it is the first marriage for him. Because a father feels a close interconnection to his son, and because of his happiness at the first marriage, he'll make a definite commitment and designates the sum only with, um, only verbally, and not with the type of kinyan. However, if a brother um, commits a certain amount for his sister, or a mother commits a certain amount for her daughter, and any other relative, so too if a father commits an amount for his um, son or daughter um, in regards to their second marriage, um, th- this commitment is not binding until um, there is a formal type of contract or transaction that says and stipulates a certain amount that will be given. design. האב שפסק על יד, יד ביתו, לא קנתה הבת אותה המתנה עד שיכנוס אותה בעלה. If a father makes a commitment of money for his daughter, the daughter does not acquire whatever, um, does not acquire that amount until the husband um, does the נישואין with her and does כניסה לחופה. וכן, וכן הבן לא קנה So too, the uh, son um, does not acquire the present that 
he should receive because of the verbal commit because of this commitment until um, he does kenisah um, until he does the nisuin. Shekola posek eno posek ella amenak tichnos because anyone that commits a certain amount um, only commits on the condition that there will be nisuin um, that there will be kenisah lachupa. Vefikach haposek maot lechatano umet kodem sheichnos venafla lifne achiv leibum yachol haav lomar vayabam laachicha hayiti rotze liten ulcha any rotze liten. Therefore, if there was a, uh, an amount committed to um, a husband, and the husband died before Kenisal Hupa was done, and the woman um, has to go now to the to the husband's brother um, that was just now deceased to do Yibum, the father can say to the Yabam that I wanted my daughter to marry your brother, not to marry you, therefore um, I don't want to commit um, the amount to you. Even though the first um, individual who passed, who was deceased, was uneducated, and the second one was a chacham who was a sage and learned, and even though the daughter wants um, to marry the second man, um, the father is making the financial commitment. Therefore, he has the ability to withdraw if the individual dies. So if um, an individual makes a commitment to his son-in-law and then he moves to another country without fulfilling the commitment and the verbal commitment that he said, the women has the ability to tell the, um, the, 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 the son-in-law that she did not make this commitment, what can I do, either consummate the marriage without the nedunya that my father promised you, or um, divorce me and give me a get. However, if she made the financial commitment and was not able to, um, do, to gather the funds for him, she must, um, she must remain in the state until she um, gathers the funds to which she um, promised she would pay the husband or um, until she unfortunately, may die in this state. So we mentioned earlier that um, if a woman becomes a moredet, as we mentioned before, um, Uh, so why doesn't she release herself herself from the marriage from being a moredet? Because in regards to a moredet who has been in arusa, the husband wants to consummate the marriage, but she does not want to, and she refuses um, to um, consummate the marriage with him. However, 
in this instance, avalzo with this woman, and habal rotseba achetitena nedunya shefaska, the hirotsabo share omeritlo, okenos, opetor. In this case, the husband um, does not want um, to marry her and to do kinus with this woman until the nedunya that she promised is given. And she, however, does want to marry him, as she says, either do um, at either consummate the marriage and do kinus or divorce or divorce me. When does this apply? This applies to women that is a gedola. However, a ketana that that made a financial commitment for herself, we force and um, compel this the the man to give her a get or to um, consummate the marriage and to do nisuin without the nedunya, without the property that she promised. Obviously, to protect the white the rights of the ketana. Now we'll move to another, the final topic of this chapter, that if, if an individual marries a woman and he commits to support her daughter for a certain number of years, he is obligated to support her for the number of years that he committed. This is provided he makes this commitment um, during the Kiddushin. However, if um, he makes this commitment um, not during the time of the Kiddushin, it is not binding until he makes a type of transaction or it is written in a document or shetar or anything of this sort, as Be'ezrat Hashem will see in Hilchot Mekah Umemkar. If a woman is divorced within the same time that her husband committed himself to support her daughter, then she married another individual who also committed himself to support her daughter for a certain number of years, the first husband does not have the ability to say, if she comes to my house, I will support her. Rather, he has to go and give the money uh, and support the women wherever she is staying with her. He has to give the money to the daughter wherever she is staying with her mother. So too, both of them should not say, both husbands cannot say that we will both provide um, her mezonot, um, we will both um, provide her support. Rather, one of the husbands has to provide her mezonot, and one must give the financial value of the support. Halakha final halakha of the chapter. If a daughter 
marries during the time in which her mother's husbands obligate themselves to um, give her mezonot. Her husbands have to provide her with the mezonot, and both of her husband, oh, her, sorry, the daughter's husband is obligated to provide her with mezonot. However, both of her mother's husbands are obligated to give her um, the demand mezonot and the um, financial value of the mezonot. So if the men obligate themselves to support her die, if they did, um, if they did some type if they made the commitment with the mother with some type of um of transaction or if he wrote down his obligation in a shitar it is considered that the daughter um is a creditor and has a claim to her mother's husband's assets and she can collect the property that was sold until the conclusion of the time that the husbands said they would um, sustain her. However, if the commitment was made at the time of the Kiddushin and was not affirmed with some type of transaction or Kinyan, it um, is a commitment that did not have to be recorded in a contract. Sorry, that those were, yes. So if, again, the commitment was made at the time of the Kiddushin and was not um, affirmed by some type of contract, it is a commitment, it was a commitment, as you mentioned before, that does not have to be recorded in a contract. And the daughter does not have the prerogative of um, taking the property um, from the purchasers for her support. And as we, because we mentioned in Halakha Yod Gimal that even if this commitment was recorded, because there wasn't a formal deed composed, the purchasers are not under any obligation to pay um, to pay the um, the amount. Therefore, she does not have the ability to collect and take property um, from and take property if it was sold to other people, again, because it was um, not recorded um, in any type of, um, of shetar or any type of document, and she cannot, she is not treated as a creditor in this situation. Amen amen.